Alright y'all, welcome back to another episode of Domination. We are still stuck inside. Social distancing is still a thing. I haven't been touched in I don't know how long. And I haven't fisted someone in even longer. We're having a rough time of it. The only thing I've been touching is myself, which I typically <laughs> don't have a problem with that. But it's like, damn, can this shit end already? Like, I'm so over quarantine. I'm so ready to get back going with cash meets and shit like that. And it's just like, this shit's fucking cramping my style, for real. I'm over it. I have my wine, so that helps, but... I mean, you know. wine helps, but it's not the same thing. I haven't, like... I haven't crushed someone's testicles in at least... I don't know. What are we coming up on? What day is it? Where are we? Sorry. I don't know. <laughs> it's like day five, I think it's day 5,000, I think. Like, it's, it's a lot, but it's it's been so long since I've actually had the pleasure of, like, doing the shit that, like, uh, feeds me and, like, makes me yeah. feel fired up, you know? And, like, even though I do feel, like, I know you've been sessioning virtually just as I have been, right? Even though that kind of scratches the itch, like, I should not compare. Yeah, it's something about those in-person vibes that are just way better. Like, that energy is just way better. Don't get me wrong, doing virtual sessions is fine. It kind of, you know, fulfills something for the time being. But mm. then after, you're like, I can't keep doing this shit forever. Right. Let's just get into our kink stories of the week. Mm. We got some, got some kinky stories. Look, I'm a wrong so look as we talking, girl. <laughs> Go ahead, lay it on them, so, girl. I have a kinky story of the week. This, this was actually, I want to say a week and a half ago. I had a session to do online. It was a fart session. So they were in fart fetish. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, like, you know, people have their kinks. People, like, you know, we all have our things we're into. I know I personally, like, I don't mind doing fart sessions. But for some reason, every time I just read it, it just makes me laugh. Just reading fart session makes me laugh. That's just me. But, I mean, parts are kind of hilarious. Right. I'm a goofy-ass individual. Like, I'm going to laugh and be like, oh, shit. Luckily, that session worked out because that same day I was going to get crab legs anyway. And mm-hmm. crab legs make me really gassy. I don't know if anyone else eats crab legs and gets gassy, but all that shit, those mixtures in the bag, gets me, like, a little gassy. So, they hit me up same day. I was like, oh, this is perfect. I didn't tell them I was going to get crab legs. I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like, yes, I can do this. So, Typically in the past, like, I have problems with farting with a man. Like, I can't fart with a man. Like, I can't just sit here and just squeeze out a fart. You said you can't fart with a man? I can't fart on demand. I can fart with a man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy I cleared that up. (laughs) Oh, honey, I can fart with a man. I fart all all over the It's like, that is not a problem. (laughs) Yeah, I can't fart on demand. So, um, but this one was different because... Usually I'm used to in person putting their like face between my ass cheeks and just letting it rip. Mm-hmm. But this was more so like, okay, I have to get this on camera and I have to capture the audio of it. And I think that was like the hardest part. Because <laughs> it's like, what if it just comes out very silent? Right. This... What? I just... <laughs> it's like, that <laughs> right, does not like help that. me. But like, I waited for the perfect moment. So I ate my crab legs, waited for like maybe 30 minutes to an hour. And so I felt that bubbling in my stomach. Mm-hmm. Y'all, we getting real nasty up here. I don't give a fuck. I waited for that bubbly in my stomach, and I just let that shit rip. And luckily, the universe was helping me out. Luckily, it was a long one. Like, a long, like, <laughs> like, a, like, one of those, like, high-pitched? <laughs> no, it was, like, <sighs> real loud. Like, okay, okay. Like a then, solid poop, like, landed it. Yes, yes. And I want to say, like, that's probably the best clip I've ever sold. And I'm just looking back in the camera, like, smiling, like, 
bitch. She like that, don't you, bitch? They love that shit. They eat it yes, up. And I was the same client. I was the same client who's asking for barking videos. And I'm like, let me go get some more crab legs. <laughs> right. But yeah, that's, that's, my, that's my farty, gassy-ass story. I love how you have bougie bowels as well. Like, you're just like, crab legs make me fart. Like, <laughs> most people are beans. You're just like, no, 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 crab legs. Right. I see you. Probably. My king story of the week. So, sessions, right? Like, you had a fart session. Mm-hmm. I did fart clips, mm-hmm. but I had a session. One of my favorite little boys to abuse. <laughs> <laughs> we had quite some fun. Actually, we had some fun, like, back to back, right? And mm-hmm. so, they had this really adorable little like it's bright purple it's like this lilac purple and this hot pink little outfit and it says bitch across it it looks like it's this latex cheerleader outfit they have the ponytail with the multicolored hair and it's just and the hood like it just it feeds me in such a way oh my god it was so cute but i had that little bitch burning up so if you're gonna ride dick for me you're gonna need to like get your thighs in shape, right? And this little motherfucker, so we have been playing for years, right? They are, they are mine. He's supposed to be working out consistently, riding his bike consistently, making sure that he's doing the things that he needs to do to, you know, live a long and healthy life and also ride my fucking cock the way that I want to, you know? Right. Apparently he fell off. So we just had a little session where he was just riding for a good 10 minutes because his legs Mm -hmm. couldn't hold out. I just made him hold himself off of the couch like one inch, just up and down for a solid five minutes. And then it was like back to riding. There was a little bit of desperation play because at a certain point he had to pee. And I mean, he just wasn't done yet. So... I didn't make him pee on himself, and he got mighty close. But it was a really oh, good God. time. <laughs> it was a really good time, and I needed okay. that. I needed that. Like, oh <sighs> yeah, I missed that. I had like, this. Made you feel great after, right? It made me feel great during. Mm-hmm. It made me feel <laughs> great during. <laughs> like, there is nothing like hearing a grown man cry and beg for any kind of sympathy whatsoever and i just don't have it to give you know yeah son of a gun i mean i know who i'm talking to i don't even know why i asked that question like of course you love it (laughs) i mean you do what you love you know right so like okay i will say that i had like posed a question to twitter and had said Mm -hmm. you know basically if you could ask a dominatrix anything what would you want to ask them Right, and I know you did mm-hmm. something of the same sort. So, so one of the questions I got is something that's really, really common. Like it comes up a lot, like whether I'm doing a question post, whether I'm holding my courses, just in general. So someone had a question about can they do femdom if they are thin or skinny, and that's a question I if they see are like thin? a lot. If they are or if they aren't. If they aren't thin or okay. skinny. Okay. And that's a question I've even seen on like forums, just like, you know, BDSM forums. So I think it's a question that a lot of people have. So I won't say I thought that was interesting because it's very valid. I think a lot of people have this perception of if I don't look this way in BDSM, especially those that want to do pro domination, I think they have this perception of if I don't look this way or if I don't look a certain way, will I even get clients? 
for people to be interested in me. Um, it all goes back to people comparing themselves to other people's journey, which I like talk a lot about of uh, never comparing yourself to another dom because their path is different than yours. When they're so used to even going on Twitter, even when you go on Fin Dom Twitter, they're so used to scrolling down and they're so used to seeing a certain type of dom, they'll start thinking to be that way. The conversation still stands that like Eurocentric beauty standards are the norm across the board, regardless of what yeah. industry you're typically in. And you are force fed an image that you are kind of like brainwashed into thinking is ideal, is the default, is the only way to make money. And I think that like the conversation of comparing yourself to another person and their journey, that's definitely valid, right? But like also having a conversation about the fact that we are going to continue to see Eurocentric beauty standards pushed down our throat left and right. It doesn't matter what industry that we are in. When we look at professional BDSM, BDSM professionals and like uh, pro doms and femdoms and all of that, like typically the narrative stood for a long time that BDSM was a white thing. Yeah. So like with that ignorance that like BDSM is not a white thing. BDSM is an everybody thing. And BDSM with black and brown folks is a whole nother world of just beauty and intensity. And like, it is a very valid thing, you know? What you see when you're looking on things like Eros or, you know, all of these different dom sites, or if you're looking on Twitter and Instagram, you see the narrative that is ideal to a person that doesn't hold us as ideal or to a, a, a society that doesn't hold us as ideal, you know? So like, as soon as you understand that, you can break away from the fact that like, regardless, I know that Becky Boo is gonna be up front and center. Also, I know that that bitch is probably gonna make more money than me. And I don't have to hate on her or the society that we're right. in because like, what the fuck is that gonna do for me, right? What I can do right. is find my people. There are people that look like me and you, right? There are big body, bold body, big hipped, like all kind of shit, you know, like beautiful femmes and non-femmes, non-binary people, people from all different backgrounds, trans folks, fat folks, every single person that is and represented as individuals is in kink, is in BDSM. Are they doms? Are they pro-doms? Some identify as, yes, most definitely. I can name a number of fuller bodied uh, femmes that are pro-dom and black and brown, right? So there is Mistress Pemptress Thick, right? She is, she got body, she got body and she be making bread, you know? There's Venus Cuffs. Venus Cuffs, there you go. Ariana Chevalier. She is a motherfucking beast. She's not, she's, she's not fuller, fuller body, but she is, she is not like the stereotypical blonde Betty Boo that you always see. Mistress Unknown, who is freaking phenomenal. Martine Phoenix, right? She has locks and she has beautiful dark skin. You know, like we have a whole plethora of femdoms right and black and brown people that are bdsm professionals doing this shit exactly. knocking it out the water even going back to your point of finding your people i subscribe to only certain things when i join groups on fat life i join certain groups for certain things it's all about who i decide to subscribe to i don't care what so-and-so is doing over there i don't care that this white dom is doing that or whatever i look for my community my people even on instagram i follow all black sex educators all black kink educators because our journey is going to be different than our white that's a big point of like finding your community is huge like everyone's listening out there once you find 
queer community, especially with black and brown people that are authentic, genuine. I'm not saying just join any community because, you know, it's there. Do your research on the community. Right. But once you find your people, your whole, like, your whole world of BDSM will change. Like, it will shape to how you want it to be. In the midst of me asking questions to uh, folks on my Twitter, they had said, what are the pros and cons of showing your face? Honestly, I have shown my face for years and I have avoided showing my face for years as well when I was a bit more under the radar. They impacted my income differently, right? But I also, I advertised differently. I marketed myself a little bit differently when I was under the radar and not showing my face. You can still make money regardless. That's the beauty of it, right? When you do show your face, keep in mind men are visual. So that's automatically gonna have an impact. But if you have stunning photos, right? And you know how to market yourself and you are consistent with the way that you are presenting yourself online and on your social media and on all of your different many platforms to make money, then you're bound to make money regardless. This is my money maker, honestly. Like this thing, it's expressive. <laughs> This makes me money. I get money off of this. But at the same time, um, I do have to increase my discretionary measures when I'm traveling. I do have to increase my discretionary measures when I am engaging in personal social media, which honestly I don't have. There are pros, especially major impact to your income potentially, but also it depends on how out you want to be, right? Like I'm out to my whole family. I've been out for some time do you have that level of freedom? What about right. you, Marley? Because you show your face. Yeah, so I show my face. Um, I love my face. I think I'm very beautiful. I love my big eyes. So, like, I play on my eyes a lot. I also get, like, a lot of compliments from my clients about my eyes. Um, I have that privilege also of being able to just be out and show my face because I'm out to all my friends and family and stuff like that. But I know everyone doesn't have that privilege. But you can, like, you can do just as much work or you can get just as paid as being mad. Like, I know there's um, one dom, she does mystery fetish. A lot of her clients love the mystery of never seeing her. Mm -hmm. Also, a big thing on FinDom Twitter, Fin, and when I say Fin, I mean financial domination. A big thing on that, I've noticed now that people are doing catfish fetish. There are clients paying to be catfished, which I thought was very interesting. Mm -hmm. But it pops up a lot. Um, I'll even come sub to that. Like, I've had clients or not clients, but like subs come in my inbox and say, please tell me you're not real. I really have a catfish fetish. And I'll be like, um, I'm, I'm real. Like, you know, I, I ain't doing that one. There's so many ways you can do this without showing your face. Or you can just get a mask. Some people do get completely mad. So I know there's, um, there's a dom that I connect with. She calls herself latex baby doll. She wears a complete latex mask, ponytail. She never shows her face. But that's what she likes to do, and clients love to reach out to her for that. So mm -hmm. I would say don't feel discouraged if you feel like you have to show your face to make money. Yeah, you really, you don't have to at all. So can I ask, Marley, how did you get started in all of this? Oh, dear God. <laughs> um, okay, let me try to, I'm going to try to make this as short as I can. I started out in sex work, period, with no education. I started out by opportunity, and I started out by curiosity. So when I was in undergrad in college, I was 19 years old and I had a best friend at the time. We were also dating each other. She you were also what? We were dating each other. Mm. So we were friends, but we were dating, but we weren't that serious. But we were more so on the, you know, young, wanting to party. Like, oh, she goes out, we go out together, we're going to be together, like, blah, 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 that stuff, whatever. So one day we were bored and we were just like, you know, people are really out here being like sugar babies. So I came to sex work first as a sugar baby. 
So me and her would go on these sugar baby dates together. Yes, we were going on these dates, we were eating, we were getting spoiled, and then we would end up having a threesome mm. with the guy. And to me, that made it more enjoyable. That To me, at first, that made it safer for me. So I never went to sugar and just doing it alone at first. So that introduced me a little bit more safer. I felt a little bit more like calm and like, okay, I have someone I can trust and doing it with me. So I did that for a while, and then I thought, okay, so men are really out here like spending money, you know, or spoiling, or I don't have to feel like I have to be in this relationship struggling. I was always in struggle relationships. Mm. Like, never was spoiled, always mistreated, shit like that. Long story short, I moved here to New York, did grad school. My first job out of grad school was not what I got my degree in. My first job out of grad school was at a swingers club as a hostess. Nice. <laughs> so, you know, I'm like... Like, whatever. Like, I'll say I, I always was the one in my group of friends that was always talking about sex all the time. Like, the craziest shit. Like, we should have an orgy tonight, guys, to totally vanilla friends. And everyone's like, what the fuck is wrong with her? And, but I would still stand by what I said. And being an Aquarius, anyway, we're going to do whatever the fuck we want to do. We don't give a fucking damn. Right. So I started at um, just the hostess at a swimmer's club. So I just had to, like, pour drinks, set out food, make sure no one was doing anything they weren't supposed to do, whatever. So one of the uh, women that worked at the coat check, at the swimmers club, it was an older white woman. And you know, you just talk to your coworkers, just having natural conversation. She told me that she used to be a dominatrix and she started showing me photos of herself, like when she was younger. Cause she was, I wanna say she was in her fifties. So she would show me pictures and it was just a casual conversation. I was like, oh, that's cool. Cause like at that point, my only knowledge of BDSM was 50 Shades of Grey. And I hate to even admit that. Like I really hate to admit that, but that's what it was. Um, so then eventually, I started doing my own research. So I started going on BDSM forums. I started Googling everything I could Google. I started Googling pink. I started watching stuff on Pornhub. I started doing so many different things, just filling my mind with knowledge. But I always asked myself, I said, where are the black women? I wasn't seeing that many black women. I started Googling like black women in BDSM, black women in kink. And I think the first person I came across was Jet Setting Jasmine. Mm-hmm. She was the first person I came across on Google. I still just felt like I didn't know enough to enter. Because I'm one of those people where it's like, I'm not just about to enter out no shit. Like, even when I discovered Fendom Twitter, I just, I think I spent like a month or two just scrolling through Fendom Twitter. I didn't even make an account yet. I just scrolled. I was like, okay, what are they talking about? What's the language? Okay, I noticed that I saw this language in my research. You know, how can I start out? So I started out doing Fendom Twitter because I felt like, okay, at least here I can practice online. I can get used to the language. I can get used to how things are going without the pressure of meeting a person because I was scared to meet with anybody in person. One, because I was just nervous, you know, period of how that would go. And two, because I didn't know enough shit to even be doing something to somebody in person. I was not going to endanger myself or anybody else. Right. And it's best not to meet someone when you don't know anything. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually, like, after Finn on Twitter, I got a little used to it. And then I started going to workshops. Mm -hmm. So I went to a few workshops in the city. Sometimes like, there would be online workshops. I did that online. I really got deep into fat life, which like fat life, it was so overwhelming. I was just like, what fat the life hell is a lot going on. on. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is going on here? And I hate to tell people to start on fat life or make an account on fat life when they don't know anything. So I'm like, they about to go up here and be like, where the fuck am I? I mean, fat life is probably I mean, not the starting point. Like, I, it's a social starting point, yes, but like. There's a lot of trash on there. You got, ugh, you got to be careful because there's a lot of trash. It's some more studying. I did a lot of studying. I'm just big on studying and reading. It's like my favorite thing to do. I did a lot of studying. 
luckily I had a best friend here and he was okay with me practicing some things on him. No, oh, nice. <laughs> thank God for that. I know everyone does not have that privilege, but thank God for that. Right. So I like I started off like really light with him. Like I think I started off with some like light paddling. Um, he even let me do verbal humiliation, which was funny doing that to my best friend. So like we had to get out of our heads and be like because he's he's so big on making sure I'm great. Mm. And that's another thing, guys. Make sure you have friends that want you to be great and want you to do great things. But he's so big on making sure that I'm great that he was like, just say it. Just call me this, call me that. We're going to get it out. You're going to learn it. You're going to learn how to do it. You're going to feel comfortable doing it. You're going to feel it within you. He's one of those friends. Like, you're going to feel it within you. You're going to feel it within you. You're going to feel the Holy Spirit. He was like, you're not about to be going out here doing this and you're going to feel it. He was like, no, we're going to do that. So I was just saying shit to him. I was whipping him. Um, I was doing so many different things, and he's gay, so he was, um... Oh, he's super like, supportive. That's wonderful. <laughs> he's so supportive, like, so, so supportive, and I used to practice, we used to practice everything in here, like, even humiliation with the face sitting, so finally, I, when I felt like I was ready, my first session I ever got was a Peggy session, and I said, Lord have mercy. You said it was this a, it was a pegging first. session? Yes. Okay. I said, I said, Lord have mercy. But luckily in the past, I did have a partner that I did pay for. Okay. So that was fine. So I had already known how to do that. It wasn't something I was wanting to where it was like, oh my God, what the fuck? But it was something I was wanting to with a stranger over the client. Right. Right. Which is still a very different experience. Yeah, yeah. So I just remember I was giving myself a pep talk. He, even like my best friend, he was my first security person I, I ever had. So when I went to the hotel, he came with me. Nice. Um, and ever since then, it's been history, you know. But I just I say all that to say like, engulf yourself, indulge yourself, put yourself into research, please. There's nothing wrong with researching ever. Like, please just do it. Mm-hmm. Go to the workshops if you can. Practice on a mannequin. Practice on your, like just practice on someone that might be comfortable with doing that, whether it's a partner, a friend, whatever. But I just know that I was lucky to have that friend that was there for me. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And what about you? This is going to be an intro. Let me, let me, I'm going to pour up some more because this is going to be a good one. <laughs> You're going to top off? <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Yes. So I'm a little bit of an old hoe. So I've been a pro dom for 11 years and I've been doing sex work for 14 years, actually. Um, and yeah, yeah, I'm an old hoe. <laughs> <laughs> Which is we love y'all. We love Yo, time passes by so quickly. It's absolutely it like it's mind blowing. But um, I've told this story plenty of times. How I've done like a couple of podcasts with this story. But like I started off doing um, survival sex work. Um, I was not independent at the time and um, had always like been kinky I just didn't necessarily have an experience of kink if that makes sense had always been into all of the different things but didn't use the vocabulary at the time because I didn't think it applied to me honestly um had an affinity for leather and latex and rubber and order and all of the things but didn't actually have an understanding of how it applied to me so was doing survival sex work um and let me see I think I was like I was doing that for like two years right and so had transitioned over um was still doing uh sex work right 
not professional kink work. And I had a session uh, request when I was in Shreveport, Louisiana, which was like the hoe mecca back in the day. If you've been around since Shreveport, Louisiana was the hoe mecca, you're an old hoe too. (laughs) So yeah, but I had a session request. I was out there in Shreveport and I remember it was like a midday. It was probably like a Saturday afternoon. Got a session request from this really effeminate sounding man that was just, he was just so meek on the phone and he had requested that I do like an out call to him Um, and he was at a hotel that had a casino in it and I like, I packed my bag of gear, right? And he was just like, well, do you like, keep in mind, he's a super meek kind of guy, right? He's like, well, do you, do you, do you offer, um... Do you offer play with like oversized toys? And I was just like, what the fuck does that mean? What do you mean? <laughs> so it was just like, like, do you like, would you use oversized anal toys on me? And I'm just like, oh, if they're going in you, fuck yeah, all day. I'm ready. And he was just like, oh, okay, okay, cool. So I get over to his place. I got my bag of gear, right? And I'm like, all ready, feeling prepared. Get to the door. He opens the door. He's like four foot 11. I'm five foot nine. So he's like right in my titties. Right. And I love a tiny man that I can hurt. Oh, God. So (laughs) we make our introductions and um, I see these like these huge toys and I always forget the name and someone always corrects me. But they look like these huge oversized yams. They're like dark. um, They're like this dark orange um, square peg. I think they're called square peg toys, right? And they look like these huge yams that have just like come out of the earth. And they look like these giant monsters, right? Like, and he has four of them just increasing in size. All like all (laughs) the way against the wall. And so I come in and I'm like, dude, you were not playing. (laughs) And we get on the bed. We don't even use the toys. Instead, I put a Magnum condom on. Shout out to Trojan, by the way. I put a Magnum condom on and roll it all the way up my arm. And I proceed to fist that man. Not like, oh, he got past my knuckles or to my wrist. No, he got past my forearm. Oh, wow, he got past my elbow. Holy shit, is his... Is his ass on my shoulder? Like, we got in deep. It was phenomenal. I've never felt such an insane sensation. Like, I could feel all of the sphincters closing around my arm. My arm was getting numb. Like, it was It was such a mind-blowing experience. I fell, honestly, I fell deeply in love with kink at that moment. And, like, we had to, um, after we were done, and he was super-duper clean... Like, he hadn't eaten anything for, like, the last 24 That's hours. Yes! He was just, like, he was a prepared butt slut. And I'm just like, ah, I love you! So, afterward, we had aftercare. And, like, we're just chopping it up, right? And he tells me how he got into this. Like, how he really started to explore his anal fetish, you know? And how he really got into fisting. Uh, fisting. Fisting. <laughs> into fisting. And, um, you know. Right! And he, like, he seeks out black alpha females you know and I wasn't aware of like I've always been aware of like my masculinity and the power that I have but not necessarily of like how that coincided with the black alpha supremacy theory you know I didn't necessarily understand that and he had opened my eyes to some things um 
and I had started to do my research as well. I did research for so long and I was terrified because I was living in New York. I had moved from, um, from Texas to Philly and then eventually to New York. And I was terrified to claim that I was a dominatrix because it was just like, in my mind, like a New York dom, like they were on another level. And I had been doing like, yeah. And at this point I had been doing sex work and kink work, right? Professional kink work I had been doing. Um, Like I never stated that I was a dom, but I had stated that I was like a kinky travel companion. So I was dominating clients. I was, you know, I had submissives collared to me. But I never claimed that I was a dominatrix at the time because I simply didn't think I had, like, enough education yet, enough experience yet. And so, like, a couple years came by. I was in New York. And at a certain point, there was a very specific shift in my career as a high-class escort. (laughs) I, like, I wanted to shift from that lifestyle to strictly dom work, you know? And... This was a couple of years out and um, I had started to like, I'd gone to classes, I had gone to different courses, gotten all kind of different certifications. I had like done Midori's Forte Femme and then I had done like, um, let me see, Test Fest, a bunch of classes at Test Fest and a bunch of classes at like a bunch of different things around here and Purple Passion and all of these different spots, right? And I like got some things and it's like, okay, I feel comfortable. Like I slowly started to shift my my branding. Yeah, there was just, there was so much information and so many black and brown women that really helped to solidify and pave the way for me to, you know, transition into the pro-dom that I am today. If I didn't have those individuals in my life, I don't think I would be able to feel and fill the space that I'm in, you know? Exactly. What definitely helps is like, I've been gay for a long time, but like, (laughs) (laughs) been gay. (laughs) But like really kind of stepping into my sexuality really also helped me to step into my space as a femdom as well, you know? Um, And then like being a pro just kind of added to it. All of that to say... I really enjoyed this kind of like mix up that we had this time around. Like, Me too. I just, I like this more informal approach. Mm-hmm. The energy is just moving. I don't know if it's the wine. I don't know if, if it's you looking so goddamn good. I don't know what it is. I mean, I see you in the high pink though. Like, boop. Okay. Boop. A bitch loves some pink. Right? I see you. I see you. <laughs> but no, this is like, this is really nice. I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah. Like, I'm a. I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to smoke this and enjoy it. Yeah. Like, I'm like, when is she going to smoke that shit? Right? I'm just like, on my own. Virtually, virtually past that shit. Right? Just puff, puff, pass. <laughs> Boom. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm definitely looking forward to doing another one of these because we're going to be here for a while. Uh so. Yes, yes, and hopefully, guys, we can do a live with you. We're looking forward to doing a live. We yeah. want to talk to y'all. We want to see what y'all got to say. We want y'all to see our fine asses in real time. Right? Like, see these titties. Worship these titties. Well, you know, Pay these titties. <laughs> Worship that ass. Pay that ass. Yes. <laughs> like, come on now. Chilling with us in quarantine and chill. Mm-hmm. Please remember that, like, 
we'll be asking questions for our next episode. Submit yes. your questions. No question is a dumb question. It's only a dumb question if you're trying to get a service for free through the question. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> but ask us. We, as you can see, we're open. We just want to help you as much as we can. Right.